0: (laughs) happy happy Wednesday you all yeah you believe I was messing around with the thing and then this whole thing just start acting up stop touching stuff Lisa stop touching stuff I have to stop touching stuff okay Uh, welcome it's every time I'm doing something I I, every time I'm like oh oh my mic I wanted to get my mic in and i went and touched it and i disappeared so i'll have to figure that out another time all right say hi say hello uh drop let let me do this let me get rid of let me do this first no let's do this all right reset peace 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 for the dean dean in the scene i like that dean in the scene drop a comment say hi say hello let me know where you are checking in from you know price of admission even though i give tons of real estate gaming freebies price of admission for the show is letting me know you're here press one lets me know you're here press two lets me know you shared it so press one says i'm here two lets me know you shared it all right shout out to those of you who have been supporting for the last couple years and segments and i'm really excited about how much we've progressed in the show i'm really enjoying how much we've progressed in the show and let me know what you think about you. What do you think about the the intro trailer? Like that was my my huge level up for for the show. Kicking off the show was getting that in that that video trailer. Before it was just me and me and my wonderful smile and saying hi. I'm here. Hello. So lots of growth. Lots of growth has happened. Uh, we are continuing uh, our show segment of hud homes we are going to do part two today and i want to first time out before i do all of that right so time out before i do all of that my name is lisa gillette so Frank i was like my name's lisa p formerly known as lisa Porto. i as a married woman now uh actually celebrated my first anniversary woohoo and many more to come so now lisa gillette also known as super agent i am your show host, and creator of Ready, Set, Real Estate. I am an active California real estate broker professional. I'm an agent trainer, keynote speaker, award-winning author, and a whole bunch of other stuff that my resume goes on and on and on. I teach children real estate literacy ages 10 and up, and I do that in collaboration with various boot camps, with various boot camps, Uh, both offline and online. So the work and the movement of Real Estate 100 still continues. Again, that's our book, Real Estate 100, The Teen Home Buying Experience. And I want to say this, I don't know what's happened, but I was actually, so it's tax time and you kind of look at your records and the bookkeeping. And I was noticing that the book sales for part one have really gone up. And I say part one because My co-author, Anthony Lee of Philly, Philly Realtor and Investor, we co-authored a book called Real Estate 100, The Teen and Millennial Investment Blueprint. So it was kind of our spinoff and continuing of that series. I will be bringing Real Estate 100, The Teen and Millennial Real Estate, or excuse me, Land Developer. Land Developer will be coming soon. I know I put that on hold because I was working on other projects that took precedence over releasing that book but it's coming the good news it is coming uh so last week it is coming so i I just want to say that and i'm just going to pause there to re-up my water here because you know i get a little parched so last week we talked about hud homes and uh, i was showing you live on the side and i was doing that uh in practicality right so I will do screen share today. You'll get to see uh, screen share. We're going to talk about just a segment. I, I I wanted to break this up and hone in on some areas that uh, probably need a lot more attention than most. And so we're going to talk a little bit about down payment today, and the difference with uh, you know just FHA insured loans versus down payment assistance. Because I hear that a lot from people. Do you have First time home buyer programs. Do you have down payment assistance? And I feel like it warrants more of a conversation and an education about going over that. Okay. So with that, I say let's uh let's bring up this screen here. Screen share. Let, let us share the, the screen. What's happening? Okay, very good. Woo woo in the building. All right. So we were talking about HUD homes and the website again is hudhomestore.gov. hudhomestore.gov. Let me go ahead and drop that in the comments here for us. And this is where you would begin your home search for HUD homes. This is on the website. And they have a portfolio in various states across the country for FHA inventory. So FHA insured homes that were in default, got foreclosed on, the lender filed a claim, and um, the claim is paid out, meaning they're Uh, I believe it's one third of the outstanding loan balance is what FHA insurance pays out to the lender. And then in turn, they receive the property and then it becomes a HUD home. All right. Let's see. Shout out to those of you who are tuning in on our radio podcast everywhere. I did say that the other day. We are now available on all platforms. Yep. Hudhomestore.gov. Okay. take your notes, take your notes, screenshot. So what I'm doing today is I'm showing you. And uh, for those of you who are listening on the radio podcast and you want to see the video, Uh, of today's uh, presentation. You should check out Spotify because Spotify does now allow you to view video. Get the Spotify app. We're there. Or Facebook Watch and or YouTube. And then on Instagram as well. Uh, Instagram is the replay. We're not doing live on IG. Not yet. I'm going to set up another camera. I've just figured out how to do it. I used to do it and forgot that I used to do Instagram live and I forgot how I did it, but now I remember. So let's go back to, for example, purposes, we were looking at HUD homes in Pennsylvania. And here we have a list of HUD properties. I'm going to minimize. uh, Let's see. All right. You've got that. And so we've got a list of properties in various counties and you can filter this down. You can filter this down. Uh, let me go back up so you can filter this down based on county, uh, city, even down to the street. If you're looking for a particular area or pocket, I won't recommend you doing so many filters because there aren't that many that show up, right? So there's, it, it's a process. It, it, there's a process that happens where once it, you know, once the asset manager takes it, then the field service, um, uh, managers go in and inspect and it's there's a, a behind the scenes process in uh, preparing and marketing and listing these properties uh, to the general public the great thing is is that notice here in what we talked about last week is we talked about the listing period so notice here it has listing period and what's really important to you all if you're not an investor if you're not an investor and you are a uh, general consumer looking for your primary residence or your nonprofit organization, this means that these particular properties are available to you during the exclusive listing period. And what that means is during that time from the market is listed and marketed, There is a very limited time and date only to be sold and considered. Meaning uh, offer considerations and bids come from nonprofit organizations and those who are acquiring the property as their primary residence. Okay, so as we've seen numbers jump up in single and double digits in terms of pricing and overbid wars and just the markets going crazy. HUD homes are a place that maybe you should check out. That way you're not competing with a, a, a larger pool of everyone. And that that's, that's what's important here, is that you recognize that there's an opportunity here for you to get your foot in the door. Before I talked about properties, um, I did say that there's uh, that important thing. Notice here, broker search in the uh, task bar, up here in the tab, you see broker search. And so in order to submit a bid on a property, you've got to be working with a registered HUD broker. I'm a registered HUD broker. And that's why I want to talk more about that is because it's not something I usually talk about is being a HUD broker. But since it became this you know, continuing question about wanting to purchase foreclosed homes. Well, here you are. That's what a HUD home is. It's foreclosed property. And so make sure you have your financing in place, et cetera. Let's take a look at this for example purposes uh, today. Let's look at this one here. Pay attention to the directions here. So I, I really like that they're very very strict on their direction so we mentioned in the last class again case number if you're joining us again you recall what the case number was um, associated when you deal with fha or hud properties or hud contracts in general you're usually going to have a case number assigned Um, with that being said let's talk about this thing about fha insured loans it's very important especially if you were seller too as well and looking to market your property for sale, it is very important for you to know that uh, if you accept an offer from a buyer who's using an FHA insured loan and they go through all the way through to the point where they get an FHA appraisal, that appraisal will be attached to the property for six months. What does that mean? You fall out of escrow. Um, If you weren't happy with the number, don't expect that the appraisal, if you accept another FHA buyer, that the appraisal is going to be different because in fact, what happens is they're going to use that number, that that valuation that was assigned via that case number to to that property for a six months period. So very important when you're working with a professional that they understand that they understand the difference with um, accepting an offer from an FHA buyer or a conventional buyer, a VA buyer, meaning a VA, a veteran who's using a zero down payment program. And we'll talk more about that today because, again, it warrants more explanation and conversation. So here you have, oh, is this? This says it has eight bedrooms. Is this a multifamily? Oh, no, it's a single family with eight bedrooms. Whoa no no no! oh eight total rooms Woo, I was like whoa y'all doing it big in Philly <laughs> y'all doing it big no 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 so uh, I'm jumping ahead under property info let's go ahead and continue this section here about eligible bidders so at this point it says all bidders all bidders but notice here in this pink section it says the availability of home is subject to the asset manager accepting a bid from an earlier bid period or removing the home from the market. So that earlier bid period means the exclusive period. So they are accepting offers from the pool of people that submitted during the exclusive period. Um, Although at this point, in terms of the date that it's been on the market, it has now exceeded that exclusive, exclusive, exclusive period and they are accepting bids from everyone but they're going, they're the asset manager who's representing HUD, right? Or they are marketing or excuse me, they are negotiating and working with those offers from that previous period. Uh, Let's see here. What else? Read the instructions and that's what you've got to do. Bid submission deadlines, it says daily at midnight. So even though now it's open to everyone else, you can submit now. Um, Time remaining, it says 10 hours, okay? Let's look into the property info. I really like to go through. So it gives you the address. It's not like some places where you feel like you've got to buy a list. Most people are like, where do I get this list from? Get this list. Well, connect with your local real estate professionals. We can give you access to uh, foreclosed properties and those distressed properties in a particular market zip code or area. Okay. Just reach out and ask. Of course, when you do that, so one of the caveats with doing that, you ask for this list. I mean, of course, when you're reaching out to a professional, they want to know that a, that you are qualified or have the resources or funds to purchase it, um, and two, that ideally you would work with them. So, not in the business of just shelling out information, uh, because we do take, you know, this this is our time, right? This is what we do for a living. So, respect what we do as professionals. And certainly we give you the utmost respect when you are working with us as a as a client, at least from that aspect. That's my little you know tidbit about that. Because I know you go to these seminars and these webinars and they're like contact a real estate professional and ask them for a list and they'll give it to you and then you go do something else. It's like, mm, you should focus on building relationships because I've said this time and time, when you identify a professional agent broker that you are comfortable with, um, you have respect, they're knowledgeable, they're experienced, there's integrity, and there's trust. Having that person as part of your top five, and I've talked about your top five, this is your mind, body, spirit. right? Having them as one of your top five, meaning this is someone that's going to look out for you, your best interests, you are top of mind, they are working to support what your goals are, both professionally, personally, they will save you tons of money. I save my clients money. My repeat clients save even more money, right? So when we're working together and you're building that rapport and working relationship, think about this reciprocity, okay? All right, I'm off my soapbox. It's just... When you think about networking, it's funny because Anthony talked about this in the book when people are like, how do I get in? I wanna flip homes. Where do I find and where do I build my team? Well, it's identifying the people that once you explain to them what you're doing, say, this is long-term for me. This is what I'm seeking to do. I'm looking to build my team, my core you know, team, my core top five, whatever, right? Um, However you express that. But when you are wanting to establish a relationship with someone, Uh, professionally business-wise that goes a long way much further than you probably even planned then i want to point out down here notice it says first-time buyer aha find a broker find a broker right if not it says hud registered bidder submit an offer that means you are hud registered broker and you're submitting an offer For the client you're representing yes brother dean says hashtag team 12 team one two team 12. and then brother lowry welcome talk about uh you know flipping it in the wholesale game uh we've got antoine very own antoine doing a thing good afternoon he says everyone and lisa uh welcome to our second part of purchasing hud homes make sure you uh share share the love and let people know and then, so now let's look at the listing information here. And I just want to recap before I get into the financing aspect of it or, uh, 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 and the down payment aspect of it. Okay. So, and those of you who are catching us on a replay, please drop hashtag replay. And if you yourself experienced and or purchased your property through HUD homes as a HUD home, please let us know here. And what came to mind was NACA. I think I'm going to get a NACA speaker to come talk to us on the show. My, one of my past guests purchased her home through NACA. NACA has reinvented the uh, experience of uh, buying properties. And so I feel like we should highlight and talk about them as well, because they uh, um, nationally and compared to in comparison to interest rates all of, all across the country, they offer the lowest rates from what I've learned is through a rate buy down is what they do and so that's why I want to talk to someone directly from not NACA so we'll work on that Uh, we'll add them to our our list of guests that will come soon listing information here we are on the right hand uh, panel of this so listing information the list date January 1st so this was a new property that hit the market the listing period has been extended and the period deadline is June 29th. So they're giving it about six months to move this property. The list price to 226500 for a two, three bedroom, three bath total square feet. Living square feet is 2,200, right? Just over 2,200. The lot size, however, is 20,000 square feet. Wow. That's a tremendous, tremendous lot. FHA financing, it says insured escrow. Uh Uh-huh. And 203K eligible. Yes. So we like to hear that as long as you can qualify for the 203K, we like to hear 203K eligible. Why? Because you can incorporate the rehab costs in the loan by way of a 203K rehab loan. We can you can rehab, you can incorporate that. Incorporate the purchase price plus the rehab loan all into one fixed interest rate, one term, right? 30-year term, 20, 30-year term, amortized over that period, and you've got one payment. So you're not paying your Home Depot loan, your credit cards, this uh, you know, private money, the second, all this other stuff. This is a good opportunity for you to get your foot in the door and uh, finance or roll into the rehab costs by the way, if you weren't familiar or knew that show on HGTV, I don't know if it's still going, but Property Brothers, where they show you, oh, this dream property. Oh my gosh, it's wonderful. Um, right. And they ask the people, what do you think it's worth? And they're like, oh, it's definitely out of our budget. We think it's this amount. And they say, yeah, it's way out of your budget. But what if you could customize and build your own dream home Within your own budget, that's what they do. They roll in the rehab cost in a 203k loan, so the buyers are actually using the acquisition purchase price and the cost of the rehab in that in the, what they're eligible to uh, purchase. So, if buying power is five hundred thousand, they want to lower the acquisition cost two hundred something, three hundred something, and then you still have $50,000, hundred and fifty thousand. Two hundred thousand to uh, do the rehab. On top of that, as long as it does not see exceed, as long as it does not exceed the overall purchasing power. All right. Let's focus to. Uh, I like to jump to addendums here. Let's see if there's any addendums. Always addendums. Closing property listing disclosure, property condition report. Let's take a look at that. <clears throat> see if it opens up for us. Oh, here it is opened it a couple of times property condition report so what i like about this is that they've had a field service manager or engineer someone that has gone out and has checked the condition of these listed appliances uh plumbing and electrical so let's take a look at this it says cooling and air conditioner okay heating furnace okay hvac system duct okay hvac tested and functional yes was it working utilities on gas is on utilities on the gas is off right so we won't know um uh in terms of of gas with the gas being off electrical in terms of the furnace right is what i'm talking about (laughs) the electrical wiring it says it's okay electrical supply tested and functional yes Stove, rage, oven, kitchen, okay, okay, okay. Best built-in appliances, tested and functional, yes. Plumbing, water supply, sink, okay, tested and functional, yes. Water heater, yes, it's functional. And notice here, it's telling you, the inspector is saying, the field service manager has gone out and saying, uh, the plumbing pressure test and passed, meaning they go out and they look at the PSI, and indicate that uh it's t- it's stable and it's tested when you start to see that PSI right at high it's 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 high it's because there's a leak somewhere you're losing pressure at water heater visually inspected and passed. the sewer septic system very important to know whether your property is located in the area with there whether there's a sewer sewer or a septic system, because septic systems requires servicing regularly, about $170 or so, depending where you are, to get that uh, get that cleaned out, servicing or more. Excuse me, or more. <laughs> $170. I was thinking about tankless water heaters. People install tankless water heaters and forget to service them, and you get calcium buildup. You've got to run vinegar through it but get someone to regularly service your tankless water heaters, okay? Um, And then the roof, it says roof in acceptable condition. Yes, visually inspected. Let's talk about this roof, because if you have what appears to be possible water stains or some issues, um, visual issues, what's gonna happen is they're going to want what is called a roof certification, possibly a roof certification to show that that roof has a lifeline of at least three years in order to finance it, right? Because the the lender is looking at whether this property is in a condition, right? What are we financing? What is this collateral? (laughs) If in the event the buyer borrower defaults, and now we have to take it back are, is it going to cost us, right? How are we going to be able to move this property out of our portfolio and back onto the resale market? And so they're looking at the insurability of that property and with FHA insured loans, they do have a checklist. I think it's a 52 point checklist that that property has to meet for the insurability of that property. Okay. Find that info helpful. I do. Okay. More addendums, incentives. Ooh, I like incentives. Let's look at incentives. Oh, no incentives here. And uh, <clears throat> that's about it, OK, because these aren't clickable for me. I'm, oh, duh. <laughs> Let me go back, incentives. Let's look at incentives, something like maybe seller paid closing costs. Oh, Philadelphia Homeownership Center current sale incentives. As of October 1st, 2016, it looks like HUD Philadelphia Center Region um, <clears throat> has launched this incentive. Two incentives are let's highlight that. Two incentives are designed to benefit both buyers and real estate agents registered with HUD and further supports HUD's mission to provide affordable home homeownership opportunities. The following incentives for all properties sold. Buyer incentive, $100 down payments on HUD homes financed with FHA insurance financing for occupant owner-occupant buyers. So guess what? They give you $100 more towards your down payment. Uh, The agent, real estate selling agents, they get $500 for every HUD home purchase with a FHA rehab loan. I was just talking about that. Even though I didn't know there was an incentive to even talk about that, right? But guess what? says in order for you to qualify for the broker bonus, the bid must have been awarded on or after October 1st, 2016, and the purchase must be made with the FHA 203k loan. Are we after October 1st, 2016? Absolutely. That means a registered selling agent can get $500 uh, as an agent bonus, and the buyer gets an additional $100 on their down payment. I love it. I love it. Good stuff. What else do we have here? You see why reading addendums are important? Because you don't miss out. Um, Listing disclosure, incentives, environmental compliance, and e-signature. Okay, those are pretty much straightforward. Now, what I would like to do here is pause for any questions or comments, because I'm going to switch my screen and we're going to go into talking about down payment. Questions and or comments. Questions and or comments drop those now as we continue our segment of buying a hud home part two thanks again for joining we've got a full class of a full class today that's great you guys are interested in buying these foreclosures i see hashtag for our hashtag foreclosed homes right 2022 foreclosed homes okay if we're good moving along great I'm moving along let's uh change up here I'm gonna stop this share and bring this one in all right so let's talk about what is your purchasing power and the reason why I want to bring this up is because it's one thing to say I want to buy a foreclosed home or, or you know shop on the HUD site, before you even move in that direction. And I'm going to talk about the traditional way. And I have to say that because I see Antoine's here and in the chat and he's doing it a non-traditional way as he access properties by way of wholesaler flipping what we call flipping contracts, right? So you type the contract and then you're going to sign that and flip that. If you're in California, I don't know how it works in other states, uh, if you are in Ca- California and you are assigning, you are assigning your contract to purchase to another entity or party, you now have to disclose that you are doing that and you have to disclose essentially how much money you're making on. So you have to disclose what you are purchasing it for and what you are selling it for so that the seller is now aware of the difference. In other words, how much money potentially they're leaving on the table that you're, you're getting as the wholesaler by flipping that contract to another buyer. So here in California, um, I knew this was gonna happen because California is not really a state where we are. California is not really pro uh, assignments and flipping. And you can see that too when you work with agent professionals, uh, even including myself Uh, is because oftentimes what I see is our senior and elder community are usually preyed upon and targeted. So not knocking anybody in the wholesale game, listen, do you, right? I always say, do you boo? but here in california um we've seen just some really you know horrid things in terms of people being scabbed, robbed and taken when um, they're dealing with the assignment contract so our purchase contracts now actually stipulate that disclosure they want people to know and be very clear that you are aware that you're selling your property for well below market value and this person is now going to sell it uh to another person at this much and this is how they're getting paid. So in a way, I think that's a good thing is because, you know, you, you don't have to, you know, as long as you're clear with people, you're transparent, there shouldn't be an issue. Uh, and that that's my thing. When people know that that's what you do in business and they're clear, like, hey, I need to have enough meat per se on the bones in order to take this property and be able to put in work and flip it and put it back on the resale market to make a profit. When people understand that you are doing this to make a profit, it makes it much more clear, right? And and it empowers them with the decision as to whether they want to be involved and move forward in that particular transaction. All right, what is your purchasing power? So let's talk about down payments. And on the next uh, section, I'm going to talk about down payment assistance. So there are a couple ways that you can purchase property with less than 20% down. Kudos to you if you want to save up 20%. Kudos to you. Uh, but I'd like this thing called OPM, so drop in the comments down below, OPM for me, hashtag OPM, right? Whoops, let's bring that back up, hashtag OPM. <laughs> like, yeah, where'd my slide go? Hashtag OPM, what? does that mean you want to be down with OPP no 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 I don't want to be down with OPP I want to be down with OPM right hashtag OPM what does it stand for right thanks Danina for dropping in hashtag OPM is other people's money thank you brother Dean OPM other people's money hey Gloria great seeing you here thanks for checking in OPM stands for other people's money what does that mean? If I can leverage using someone else's money, right? You get to, you can be in the role of the investor too. As a borrower, if you're strategically using and leveraging the programs and the incentives, I just talked about the incentive, right? Get a hundred bucks. Hey, so a hundred dollars you didn't have to bring to the table. (laughs) You have to think about that. What are you bringing to the table? And so leveraging what you have already Against what someone else is going to bring to, to assist you in purchasing this property. So, out of 100%, because we need 100%, there are still 100% financing, but in theory, right, the way it actually works, it's not necessarily 100% financing. Why? is because someone is putting the money. You may not be putting everything down, right? You may not be putting everything down. Thank you, Danina. Remember, press one. I'm here. Press two. I shared it. it's Price of admission. You may not be bringing all the money, but someone else is, and that's what I want to talk about when we talk about down payment assistance, DPA assistance. So let's talk about VA. All right. Let's drop in the comments VA, and uh, I'm gonna do classroom style with you too, just like when I teach my classes. VA. I want you to take these notes. When you're engaging and you're involved, that's when you're more apt to retain this information because it might be new for the first time you're hearing it, or it's a refresher or reminder. You can say, ah, I didn't even think about it. So let's talk about VA. VA stands for Veterans Administration. Veterans Administration. VA loans. VA loans allow someone, including their spouse, including their spouse and or children, to utilize their VA certificate To purchase their property with zero down. What does zero down? It means zero down payment. Zero down. June says, I'm here. Wonderful. We've got a lender that's in the building. All right, June. Help me build on this segment. Don't let me do it alone. (laughs) You know, I always welcome my experts and my professionals to chime in. It makes it that much fun and engaging because there are other people here watching that have questions, right? So, yeah, with VA and and that zeroed down. So here, I want you to realize this is such a a missed opportunity uh, when you're consulting. Okay, professionals, right? When you're consulting, you're responsible. I'm going to charge you with the responsibility to ask people, hey, is anyone a military veteran, right? Anyone in the Army? Has anyone served? And there's and and I get it you've got it they've got to meet the eligibility and you can defer them to the VA right so that they can get the certificate and when you work with an experienced loan officer who does VA loans and has those resources they can gauge you through those steps right cuz there is a, a step in a process so that they what they need is to show that you've got your VA uh, eligibility certificate that shows that you've qualified There is a thing such as partial disability and full disability. The difference with working with an experienced lender who has done VA loans, and I've seen this happen in clients that I've worked with, who've come to me uh, and they're working with someone, but not necessarily the lender has experience with VA loans. And what happens, here's what happens. If you're not working with someone experienced, I have to say it. I have to say it. Okay. I have to say it drop in the comments say it say Lisa say it (laughs) just say it drop in the comments say it I have to say it when you're working with someone who's not familiar with doing VA loans guess what that particular borrower loses purchasing power (laughs) thank you Jude. she's like say it (laughs) that borrower loses purchasing power why because VA uses a formula to qualify. It's almost like a round up formula. They can take what they're eligible for, and it's multiplied by a factor that it's built in to boost their qualifying numbers. Very important. And that's just, I'm just talking on a single family unit. Guess what? You can use VA loans to purchase uh, multifamily units as well. And I really, I had the client who just, he got cold feet. And I understand working with the veteran community is a very sensitive thing. And there are, it comes with its own challenges, but it's so worth it because they've served our country and they deserve home ownership. They deserve home ownership. So I'm so happy that we have those programs available. With that being said, let me uh, say this disclaimer about working with a VA or veteran loan where it's, you say zero down. You may say to me, you mean, oh, I'm going to hold there. I want to catch up with the comments. June says, you are absolutely right. VA is the way to go for those with the eligibility. It has always been my favorite loan. That's right. Lenders in the building, experienced people, experienced lenders. Um, And so one of the important things with knowing though, here's the thing, right? Because people hear VA zero down. They say, oh, so I don't need any money. Not true. <laughs> not true, right, June? No, you need to have something, at least in California, to open escrow. It's not necessarily, and I want to just also say this, it's not a requirement that you need a deposit. It's what is typically the standard in terms of that state, right? If this is a state where you should submit a deposit anywhere from $500 to thousands of dollars. That depends on how the contract terms are written and what the seller is willing to accept. If we do a story loan or a story package, a story offer, meaning I am uh, uh, explaining to the seller's agent and, and expecting the seller to relay the information to or excuse me, expecting the listing agent to relay the the information to the seller and say, hey, my client's a veteran is an opportunity, a great opportunity for them to purchase this property. And so um, his money is tied up and and it's not liquid. It might be in, in some pension or something where he doesn't have the money immediately available but he only has $500 or $1,000. This is what we can use to open escrow. And because he's using a VA loan, he is not putting a down payment. So there is no down payment requirement in terms of proof of funds. And then there's this thing called closing costs, which you can negotiate uh, the seller to pay towards that veteran's closing costs. We'll talk more about closing costs. Stay tuned. All right. Any comments, questions, feedback on the VA loan? Got it for good. Let me know. Press one Let me know you're OK and I'm going to move forward. All right. So VA, we're good veterans. And think about that. Go through those checklists of people in your family. It's funny when I did this with the class and the kids were like, you mean it was so funny. It was a young lady and she was like, she was like 11. She said, do you mean if I married someone and my husband was in the military and he served, I could use his? <laughs> yes. Right. You've got to be married in order to be eligible to use the certificate and assist in the qualification process. So, yes, it's so funny. In one of my transactions, we actually got my client's longtime partner. We actually got them married during the process so we can use her income to help qualify. Yeah, they went down to the recorder's office so it can be official legit. You'd be amazed at the things that we've done to help people. All right. So far, so good. Moving along, let's talk about the FHA insured loan. What most of you call the first time home buyer loan. Right. Most of you refer to this as the first time home buyer. Do you have any first time buyer programs? Yes. Let's talk about that. The definition of a first time home buyer is the definition of a first-time homebuyer by HUD, because we're talking about HUD homes, by HUD's requirements and guidelines is what? Someone who has not owned or written off the mortgage interest in the last three years. You mean to say if I bought a house And then I lost it in foreclosure, or I gave it back to the bank in deed in lieu of foreclosure, or I just sold it. And it's been five years, it's been seven years, it's been 10 years. Now that life is different, things are different. I'm thinking about buying a house again, I'm in a better space. You mean to tell me I'm a first time homebuyer? Yes. You are considered a first time homebuyer, even if once upon a time, you bought and owned a property, but then sold it, lost it in foreclosure, gave it back a deed in deed and lieu, short sale, whatever happened, you know, whatever. And that could be a variance, various things, right? Life happens. But guess what? That property is no longer in your name and you're not writing the interest deduction. Um, on your taxes, which is why lenders, right, June, correct me if I'm wrong, you're asking for the tax returns last three years. And why is that? Is because when you're wanting to qualify for full eligibility and qualification, pre-approval, what are you looking for? You're looking for three letters on the tax return that stands for AGI, the Adjusted Gross Income. It's tax time and I have to talk about it. It's tax time and I have to talk about it. Drop AGI in the comments for me stands for adjusted gross income, adjusted gross income. They are looking to see not how much money you made for the year, but what was the take home for the year, which is the adjusted gross income. After you've deducted all these deductions, you made 80,000 for the year, but you'd wrote off 20,000, right? Or whatever. You just and now it's 60000 The lender is going to qualify you based on your AGI. Gets a little complicated if you're running a self-employed independent stuff, then there's Schedule C. They're looking at profits and loss. Now, profit and loss can be a doozy. I've had a client lose the opportunity to purchase this because she had a loss on her tax return because she was... Uh, uh, presenting to have a uh, tutoring business that she wrote off as a loss in order to increase her tax refund. So purchasing is tax strategy. Okay. You don't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to purchase this year. You need to have a conversation with your tax advisor and say, I'm planning to purchase. And that's what they will then start to look at your deductions and make sure that you are maximizing retaining or showing that you've earned X amount of money per the year because your purchasing power is is based on how much you bring home, the AGI. All right. So I got a question here. Danita says, if you sold it about six to seven months ago, it's too soon. Is that correct as a first time buyer, So if you sold, yeah, you no longer have an FHA loan. So if you no longer have an FHA loan, you can go back and now purchase an FHA. And guess what? Um, what's even interesting is if you're married, because I have, this happened to one of my clients, She's ma- she was married, going through a separation. Her name was on title. Her name was on the loan. But she never wrote off the mortgage interest. She never claimed it on her tax returns. So when we sold their house in the separation, She got her money and guess what? By HUD's definition, she was a first time buyer and she put 3.5% down on her new home that she bought by herself. She took her proceeds from the sale of her existing home that she shared with her now ex-husband. She did not write off the mortgage interest deduction, so she now could use FHA, insured loan. Because you can have an FHA insured loan in your name at one time. You can go buy more property, but it's not going to be an FHA insured loan. You've got to use it for primary occupancy residence. Primary occupancy residence. All right, good. Um, June says, that is correct. We asked for three years tax returns so that we see there was no mortgages interest written off. Also, yes, the AGI is so important. See. Lenders confirming, loan officer in the building. Watch the write-offs on that Schedule C. Absolutely. You've got to watch the write-off. I'm going I'm to keep that up for a while because that was in summary of what I was just talking about. Just in summary of what I was talking about. AGI, drop it in the comments. AGI stands for the adjusted gross income. I think on the 1040, it's uh, line item June. What is it? Line item 18 or 27. I think that's what it was line item 18 or 27 I, I I forgot that's what popped in my head I was looking at my tax returns but I was also looking at corporate tax returns too so don't hold me to it but it says there adjusted gross income in fact I think it's in bold why because it says after you've added up and deducted everything this is what we're looking for right this is the tax this is what becomes taxable income the reason why you've got to watch the deductions on that is because what you're communicating to a bank to a lender that you're trying to borrow money, you're saying, oh, I didn't make $80,000 or 100000 I only made 12000 right? Because you're trying to, quote unquote, get away with not paying so much taxes and you're trying to increase your refund. I've noticed that it's very common for people to come up with side hustles on the Schedule C of what they're doing and they write off a law so that they can increase their refund. But guess what? Do not start doing a home search at that time then if that's the case not a time to use your tax returns to buy and qualify for a property there's other ways creative financing going stated and all that other stuff but higher interest rate higher down payment it's not going to be fha (laughs) right they are very black and white paper trail and everything right denise is great thank you i believe i claimed on 2020 so i'd have to wait for that option so you claimed the interest and in you. sold June, come, chime in this question real quick, so just to make sure we're clear. So what I'm understanding, she says it was not foreclosed on. She sold her home about six months ago. Um, she did write off the mortgage interest deduction for 2020. And she's wondering, can she purchase as an FHA buyer? Can she use an FHA loan again? Right. Um, my understanding is that she no longer has an FHA loan because she sold the property she would be eligible june chime in all right great questions love it because someone else's this will answer someone else's question as well this will answer someone else's question give yourself an opportunity to get all this free game for free this is why i love doing a wednesday show already said real estate is because you get to speak and consult with those lenders all right we're continuing on FHA 3.5%, uh, excuse me, we talked about VA, zero down, FHA insured loans allows you to do 3.5% down payment. Again, this is just a down payment, just a down payment. You can negotiate and ask for seller credits, buyer credits, excuse me, broker credits, lender credits to assist on the closing costs. So remember, not just a down payment. You should be thinking about in saving for, for, but there is that thing called closing costs. You go to the store, what do you do? You buy the item, you pay taxes, right? You go anywhere, there's additional fees and there's additional costs associated. So keep in mind that you're not just saving for the down payment, you're saving for the reserves on the loan that are often required six months, three months, depending on who the lender is, they will wanna see at least three months of reserves, meaning you can carry this mortgage for at least three months. Don't want you to put you in a house and then you don't have enough money to make the payments that's not a, that's not the best for you right that's a disservice to you if we don't show that you can actually um sustain covering the mortgage all right danita as i appreciate you doing this train because i'm buying this year Woo-woo! hey real estate goals love it love it awesome glad i'm glad you're here taking the time Um, so with FHA, you also want to be mindful, mindful, conventional has this as well with FHA, they have this thing called private mortgage insurance. Remember we were talking about HUD homes, HUD homes are what they are foreclosed on FHA properties because FHA is ensuring the default, the risk of default once the property the borrower no longer pays on it the lender forecloses the lender submits an insurance claim excuse me the lender uh, submits an insurance claim hud pays out the claim fha is the insurer pays out the claim usually about one-third of the outstanding loan balance now it's a hud home but guess what they're able to pay out those claims is because there's a pool of money collected by way of the premium you have been paying so this although it's great to put three and a half percent down do know it costs you to put less than 20 down right it's not necessarily a bad thing that you're putting less than 20 down be mindful it does cost because there's this thing called the upfront mortgage insurance premium and the Uh, private mortgage insurance, which is a PMI. These are items next week. What I'm going to decide to do is we're going to go over uh, line items and and buyers estimates and closing statements. So you can actually see how these how the numbers translate into dollars, right? Percentage and dollars, costs and fees. So be mindful that there is that private mortgage insurance premium. It's built into the loan. It's built into the, the cost of the loan. And it's also built into your mortgage payments, all right? Be mindful. Moving on, let's talk about the conventional loan, right? Conventional loan, there are, depending on the lenders, and I have to always say, depending on the lenders, if one lender or bank has turned you down, I recommend keep looking, keep shopping, keep working, so that you can find the yes. Why are they turning you down? usually banks have different underwriting guidelines i have to bring up this uh reminder here right so know the difference between your mortgage banker and your uh excuse me know the difference between a direct lender and mortgage broker mortgage brokers are shopping the loans very uh, not oftentimes are mortgage brokers funding the loan unless they're funding through their own brokered accounts Uh, but mortgage brokers are shopping their loans and they do it with a fee for a fee, right? They tack that in the cost of doing the loan. Or you work with a direct lender where they uh, have uh, mortgage consultants, mortgage lenders that are representing their products, right? Representing how they underwrite the loans. And oftentimes what they're doing is as in the business of issuing loans, those loans are later packaged and resold on the secondary market. Where you have uh the big government right uh and right now they're still underseeing as a uh, big government freddie mac and fannie mae loans come in and buy them so that's why uh paper trailing tax returns underwriting guidelines insurability of the property all that needs to be met during the underwriting guidelines is because the bigger scheme of things is those loans are being packaged and sold it happens every single day very normal process in this business When the loan is being sold, by the way, it does not affect your interest rate. It does not affect your terms. You usually get notification that your loan was sold or transferred to a different bank or is now being serviced by a different mortgage servicer, and they will communicate that with you. Uh, When you do that, and this is just my tip, and remember, uh, CFPB does offer a homeowner's guide to success if you want that. Send me an email and I think it's a great thing to have, especially if you're getting back into homeownership, you're new to homeownership, it has a budget uh, worksheet, it has some great tips on counseling agencies, HUD you can call being one of them uh, to help you in the event of financial hardship, there is assistance and resources available so send me an email if you need it or haven't gotten your copy at lisa.lasuperagent.com. At Again, for the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau's Homeowner's Guide to Success. Again, if you're not talking with people that are talking about retention, homeownership retention, there's a difference between homeownership, I think, and homeownership retention, helping you keep it, right? It's one thing to just sell you a property. Great, you've got it. But then life happens, called a pandemic, right? Who has been talking about retaining? What are your options available? The government is doing their thing to do it. Websites, resources, and different things. In fact, LA County um, has voted on extending the the protections for renters through the end of 2022 for non-payment of rent. That was a big deal right now, big deal. They voted on it yesterday and it's been officially extended. So uh, can evict people for non-payment of rent uh, because of the pandemic. So that's going to continue. in fact, we, we anticipate that's going to continue until next year, all right? So with that being said, let's talk about the conventional loan products. And this is why I started to say, depends on what bank, depends on what lender, because some will offer 3% uh, loan product, conventional. You can go 3% conventional depending on your FICO score. Right. Depending on your FICO score, by the way, um, uh, what I'm learning recently, I don't know if June is still on, but I'm hearing new announcements that in order to qualify, right, getting with par interest rates on the FHA, interest rates have now gone from 680 to 640. So FICO score is 640. Lenders are willing to underwrite the loans. Be clear, FHA is an insurer. They don't stipulate, they do not stipulate FICO score requirements. They leave that up to the lender. The lender has an underwriting guideline. This is why you need to check or shop with different banks and lenders because what one bank requires, another may not. There is a difference, right? Some banks will do FICO scores as low as 580, but what will they require? A higher down payment. It will not be 3.5%. It'll be closer to 10%. So usually for business owners, self-employed, if you have more liquidity in terms of cash and you have 10% down and you don't have the best FICO score, that's what could be a compensating factor offsets you're uh, not having the FICO score as uh, where the lender would require it, okay? June says, yes, the 640 FICO score can be acceptable. Overall factors play a part too. Overall factors is like I said, compensating factors. They're wanting to look at job stability, job, you know, how long you've been at work, same position, same industry. Uh, be mindful as you're starting to think because right now I'm noticing right through the great resignation of 2000. 21 they said about 33 million people left the work industry 33 million people left the work industry and you see for hire everywhere so as you're thinking about your plan for purchasing right and i don't know if this this would be allowable june but i would think that would be a a loe is what we call right a letter of explanation as to making the transition from one industry to a next right um pandemic being one huge thing I do work with lenders and I know many many lenders were were still underwriting loans even during the pandemic when people stopped working for weeks and months but as long as they could show HR or the employer could show they still had a job they still had a job they would still get those loans funded. So that's what I was really happy about is that we we still saw people getting loans, home loans. But again, june says as our loan officer here <laughs> um overall factors have to be considered what are other what we call compensating factors remember fha i'm going to go back to fha is a story loan it's a story loan you get to paint the story why is the fico score low right well life happened i lost my job i got sick i got divorced all these different things happen this is why um, this blemishes on my credit, this is why this judgment showed up, but I'm now paying it off or or I'm making payments, right? You get to explain what's going on. Story loans, that's what it is. Now with conventional, as I said, same thing, be mindful that they uh, have something similar to the FHA loan, which is the, prime, uh, uh, excuse me, the private mortgage insurance. With conventional, they have it called the other thing, mortgage premium insurance. Same thing, It's the risk premium being charged to the borrower for putting less than 20% down and those rates and those premiums and fees vary. Again, full disclaimer, I'm not a lender, but I do study and learn this stuff about loans is because when I consult with clients, I've got to have some working knowledge of how I can assist that borrower buyer client. To getting their foot in the door if you are an agent you are an agent professional and you're just getting started i implore you to connect with your lenders and learn this stuff sit and learn the products learn the requirements so that you are having a more uh what i like to say fruitful and productive conversation and consultation with your buyer clients help your lender not do all the work right even though they're great but it helps gauge your client gather some information that you can then, when you refer them over to uh, your lender partners, you can say, well, this is what I understand. They may, be, they may meet this, but I, you know, you can confirm that. At least give your clients some guidance. All right, I'm gonna pause here for any comments or questions. How are we doing? Let's see, how are we doing on time? Woo, wow, I went over. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna cover down payment assistance shortly and then we'll wrap it up, all right? So down payment assistance, Questions, comments, feedback, questions, comments, feedback. Question, comments, feedback. Okay, good so far. I'll check in with you shortly. Let's talk about down payment assistance. You're asking, right? If you're asking, I want down payment assistance. Oh, you know, and we know statistically the down payment has been the biggest barrier to allowing people to get their foot in the door. So this almost has a double-edged sword, and I can talk about it in this light. I can speak about it in this light. It has a double-edged sword, and it may work for some people. It may not work for everyone. And why is because we really have to talk about what down payment assistance is, right? There is a difference between what we call silent loans, right? Money being subsidized versus true grants, where you don't have to repay. It's like if you were going to college, you applied for a loan, right? Notice that they had subsidized loans, meaning when you graduate college or if you drop out, interest rate starts and you've got to start repaying us, right? They There are stipulations and requirements that need to be met that say you, in order for you to be eligible to get this money, you've got to do X, Y, Z. Even with down payment assistance, they do have their requirements of You know, if you qualify for FHA, then you qualify for down payment assistance. And there are various programs, but it's important to know what the fees are involved and whether it's a second loan, even a third loan. And so I've seen that. And here's why I see it. And here's why I say it's a double-edged sword. Great, because it helps you get your foot in the door with little to no down. This is what we call 100% financing is if you see a primary loan, a secondary loan, and a tertiary, tertiary loan, which means a third loan on a property. So you've got one, two, three loans. The second and the third loans are what we call silent loans. And they're in what we call a junior position, meaning the primary loan has the main position in terms of for, uh, foreclosing on you, getting their money first. The second loan has their, after the first has been paid, the second is next. Then there's a the third loan. They may not get paid because we don't know if there's any money left. <laughs> so uh, not really the best position, but they're still available and uh, programs and lenders are are still doing it. In fact, I saw this announcement that they were, they were now back and offering 100% financing. But here's why not usually the best scenario, because here's why. In the event you want to uh, now do an upsell, right? You want to upgrade and this that you got your foot in the door in a starter home and you use down payment assistance, right? So you use the down payment assistance to uh, pay $16,000 uh, on your first down. Then you needed uh, down payment assistance for your closing costs, which was another 10,000. So now that's 26,000. And then um, there was some additional uh, costs involved, usually to make up then you have an additional $8,000, right? So you've got 26,000 plus 8. I'm making up this number arbitrarily so we're at $34,000 in down payment assistance. Well, depending on the program, depending on the loan, some are interest-free and some have interest calculated. And it's amortized over the years and the second oftentimes may not require you make payments during the course of you living in the property. But when you sell the property or you refinance, they will recapture all those payments at that time. So what was 34000 can easily become 60000 80000 And they show up in various forms. So this is why I said, be mindful and, and ask yourself, what is the plan for this house? What's the long-term game, right? Am I, is, am I getting my foot in the door? Am I going to be here for the next 20, you know, 15, 20 years, 30 years? Then you can weather out the storm of the fluctuation of the market. Because if you sell at a time or you market that property for sale at a time where the market is not at its highest, today it is, tomorrow may not be. And if you've got these loans that are accumulating interest and they have these additional payoffs, right? One, two, three loans that need to be paid off. You may be left because they want their money back. It was designed to help you get your foot in the door, increase housing affordability so that we have homeowners, but there will be usually little equity left for you to leverage in the future. And that, and that's just something to be mindful. I can't guarantee you how much equity. there's so many disclosures that you have to sign that says about marketability and market factors goes up and down. So we can not guarantee that you will have enough equity in the sale of that property to pay off all those loans. And then I want to move on to a true grant. Oh, and then they do require minimum occupancy as your primary residence. True Grant, the last one, and then we'll wrap it up, is there are True Grants programs available through usually nonprofit organizations where you pay a fee, an application fee, usually $800 to maybe $900, $1,000 as a one-time application fee. And it allows you to access a True Down Payment program that does not require payment, right? repayment. Various programs out there, you've just got to check, shop, get connected with those resources. And oftentimes they require that you at minimum live in the property for at least six months, at least six months, okay? All right, with that being said, we're gonna wrap up today's show. Man, wasn't that fun? That was some good stuff today. Very heavy in terms of uh, finance, uh, excuse me, down payments and understanding that, but I can't talk about HUD homes and not talk about how do you get into, uh, you know, using those down payment programs because i get the question a lot foreclosed homes i want to buy foreclosed homes all right with that i say have a fantastic and powerful productive week i'll see you next wednesday on another information-packed episode of ready set real estate bye